the second line. So we said yesterday is a machlekes tanoim between Rav Shimon and the Rabbonon. If a woman accepts part of her ksuba, could she no longer get mezaynus? Rav Shimon says if she accepts part of her ksuba, she collects part of her ksuba, she no longer gets mezaynus. The Tanakhama disagrees. So the Gemara says, There was a woman There was a woman who grabbed uh, a silver cup as part of the payment for her ksuba. So basically, she accepted part of the payment for her ksuba. Ketava mezaynis, so she wanted mezaynis, meaning she wants to follow the Tanakama, that even though she accepted part of her ksuba, she could still get mezaynis. The Yisayimim wanted to follow Rav Shimon, they didn't want to give her mezaynis anymore, so how do we pass again? Like, so Asla came in the Rava, so they came in front of Rava, Amrlu liasmi, zil havala mezaynis. So the Rava said to the Yisayim, you got to give her the mezaynis, lest the chash lahadar Rav Shimon, Amr le'armin mixes keske kol kesef, we don't pass again like Rav Shimon, we pass again like the Rabbonon, that she collects mezaynis until she gets the entire ksuva payment. Even if she gets half the ksuva payment, she is still entitled to mezaynis. Okay. Shalachai Rabba b'rei the Rava l'rav Yosef. We've had till now there's a concept that a woman can sell outside of Bezdin, the land. Now, either according to Shimon, she could only sell for Mizainus, according to Tanakama, she could sell for Mizainus and for the Ksuba. So the question is, does she have to make an oath? Now, which oath is this? Arashi says, which oath is this? Does she have to make an oath that she did not get more than, uh, than, than what, uh, than what the, the sale, what she claims to have gotten? So let's say, because she's selling outside of Bezdin. So the truth is, outside of Bezdin, uh, it's a little bit more chaotic because it's not like Bezdin's overseeing it. So she is, let's say, entitled to $500. So she sells land for $500. Perfect. What? How do we know that she didn't sell the land for $600 and pocket the extra 100 So does she have to make an oath to Yisayimim that she didn't sell more land or get more money for the land than she's entitled to? That's the question. So the Gemara says, instead of asking about a Shavua, what about a Hachraza? The rule is, forget about Shavuot, we'll put the Shavuot on the side for a second. What about Hachraza? The rule is, we've had this, we've referenced this a couple times. If you sell the land of an orphan, let's say you're a court-ordered um, a guardian of orphans, yeah, and you're selling their land, stam, not for a stam, because it's a good selling market. The halacha is, or, or you're buying land, whatever it is. If you're doing business for orphans, the halacha is you need hachraza, which is for 30 days to announce your intention is to buy or sell. The reason for that is, is because if you announce for 30 days, the assumption is you'll get all the real estate guys on your side, people start looking for you, and the assumption is you'll get the best deal. As opposed to just showing up one day and just selling it or buying it, you can get uh, swindled. So in general, whenever you're dealing with business, of orphans, you need hachraza. The question is, does an almana have to do hachraza also? She's selling land. Okay, enjoy. She, what, why? Sukkah? Gotcha. So she, Dovis? Is it Dovis? No, Might be Dovis. Either way. It's outside, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. It's all mixed up because of the painting. Everyone's offices are all mixed up. So it might be Dovis, might be my fellows. So anyway, so the point is, normally when you sell the, the land of orphans, you need a hachraza. You need to announce for 30 days before to get the best deal, to get more, more buyers interested, whatever. So the question is, does an almona have to announce when she's selling for a Zionist, when she's selling for, for, for Kasuba, does she have to announce 30 days before? Or can she just get up and sell? That's the Gemara's kasha. So the Gemara says, Amr le'achraza le'kibayle. 
Achraza, for sure, she doesn't have to. It's Pasha, she does not have to announce it. I'll prove it to you. Dom Rav Zera, Amr Rav Nachman. Rav Zera says the name of Rav Nachman as follows. Almana sheshama la'atzma, le'asav le'klum. Let's say in Almana, instead of, instead of um, selling the land, she evaluates the land. Yeah, so she evaluates. Let's say it's worth $1,000. Instead of selling it to get the cash, she's just like, I'm going to keep it. Can she do that? Right? Yeah, it makes sense, right? Instead of selling it, she's owed $1,000 for her ksuba. So she evaluates the land that's worth $1,000. She gets it appraised. And then she wants to sell. Instead of selling it, she's just like, I'll just keep it. The halacha is le'asav le'klum. It's not effective, meaning if the assignment want to give her cash, she cannot claim the land and they can kick her out. So, okay. Now, the question is like this. What is the situation? Hey, dummy, what's this case where she wants to keep the land that she cannot? Ida Achriz. If she announced the land for 30 days and nobody came forward, meaning, Pashtus, the reason why she can't keep it is because we're afraid she's going to rip them off. But if she announced it for 30 days, I'm interested in selling the land, and nobody came forward, and she, so she's going to keep it. Why can't she keep it? That's fair. I understand why she can't keep it if there are people interested in buying it. Okay, for whatever reason, she has to sell it. But if there's nobody interested, she announced it for 30 days and no one's coming forward, then what's the problem? So the answer is, It must be that she didn't announce it. And what do you see? She can't keep it, but she can sell it. So you see that she does not have to make announcements. Achraz is not necessary when you're selling for a ksuba. So it's see that for achraza that she does not have to make the announcement. So the Gemara says no. Really, it could be she announced. So you can ask Akasha if she announced for 30 days, why can't she keep it? The answer is, The answer is, because the orphans can say, who evaluated this land? Meaning, think about it. She's selling not in the presence of Bezdin, not in the presence of the orphan, and she wants to keep the land. So we thought she didn't announce it. The answer is, she did announce it. So why can't she keep it? Because who, who gives her the right to just take land? She has to do it. She's a shliach of the orphans. That's the perception of it, as we'll see in the next Mishnah. She's a shliach of the orphans. So if she's going to sell it, if the Bezin's around, okay, fine, Bezin will oversee. If the Bezin's not around, the orphans will oversee. If neither are around, who gives her the right to just, who gives her the transfer of ownership? There's, there's got to be something here. Rashi says, Man shamlach, mimi kabalta mechirazu. Who gave you the right to accept this land? Nothing happened. She changed domain. So it's not because she didn't announce. She did announce, and she still can't keep it. Because when you're a shliach, you have to have been either appointed or to have been overseen by the Mishaleach. So the reason why it's not effective is because she can't just do this on her own. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, um, ki, how do I, where do we see this argument of who appointed you? There was a person who was asked to watch orphans, um, um, let's say, uh, wood for orphans. It was worth $400. Yeah. He evaluates it himself, it's worth $400. So it went up to $600. Now here's the deal. He decided instead of giving it back to the orphans, the father owed him money, he's just going to keep it. Fine. Now, the father owed him $400. He evaluated it was worth $400, but then it went up to $600. So he's keeping it, so the orphans say, at least give us back the $200. That's not fair. You're owed $400. You can't keep $600. Ravami said to him, you have to give back the whole thing. 
You can't just give back 200. Who, who appointed you that you could evaluate this on your own? You can't evaluate land of the orphans, or in this case, the wood of the orphans, if the Bezdin or the orphans are not present. So you, you can't just, so we don't trust your evaluation. So I'm not going to say that it's worth 400 went up too. I don't know what it's worth. You've got to give it entirely back. The halacha is that when an almana sells land, she needs to make a shvua that she didn't take more than she was owed, but she does not need to, to make a hachraza. Okay. Next Mishnah. The Mishnah says like this. Let's say you have an almana whose ksuva is worth 200. Okay? So she's entitled to $200 worth of land. But this is what she does. Meaning she, tells the, she takes the land and sells it. So she should take $200 worth of land, sell it for $200. But you know how in life it's not always like that. You could have two different scenarios. You could have a woman who's really good at business. She could take a $100 piece of land and sell it for $200. Or she could have a $200 parcel and sell it for $100 and get ripped off. The question is, in those scenarios, what's the deal with the ksuba? Meaning, you have these two cases. Almana shayis ksuba masayim. You have an almana whose ksuba is worth $200. First case, she takes a $100 piece of land and she's a real estate mogul and she flips it for $200. You know what the halacha is? The halacha is, she's done. Meaning, there's two options of how you could look at this. You could look at it as, if you take a $100 piece of land for somebody and you sell it for $200, you could have two options. You could say that the money goes to the orphans, in which case, when she keeps the $200, it's they're paying her $200. Or you could look at it as the extra $100 that she made, she made that money. They only made $100. She made $100 as like a service payment for being a salesman, in which case she's entitled to an additional 100 You understand? Those are the two ways to look at it. I mean, and it's actually Negea for business. If, let's say, you have, you have diamonds, you say, hey, me, are you giving me a diamond? You say, sell for $500. I come back, and I'm like, sold it for 1000 Who gets the extra 500 Do we say the money goes to you because you're the, you're the owner and you were the salesman? Or do you say, no, $500 is what? The extra 500 you get to keep that. So, again, without a prior arrangement, obviously. So the commissioner obviously perceives that the entire money goes to the owner. The owner in this case is the assignment. So she took $100 worth of land but flipped it for 200 but the 200 goes to the assignment. She doesn't make the money on her own. Therefore, the $200 is the assignment. So when she keeps the $200, that's her super payment. The opposite case, what if she takes a $200 parcel of land and sells it for 100 The halacha is she also doesn't get any more. Why? Because the assignment can say, we gave you $200 worth of land. So it's like, it, it sort of, she's, it, it goes both ways. So the Mishnah then says, If she sells a $200 parcel of land for $100, she's done. Okay. What about the following halacha? The halacha is like this. You have a woman who has $100 worth of, uh, her ksuva is 100 She takes $101 worth of land and sells it for $100. She took an extra dollar worth of land. The question is, two options. We could say, she definitely should not have done that. There's no question. She took too much land. It was a dollar more, but it was a dollar more that wasn't hers. There's two options of what we do for her. Option number one is we say, the sale is valid, but return a dollar. Or, option number two, if she sells more, even a dollar more than what was she entitled to, the entire sale is vo- voided. 
You understand? So she's entitled to $100 worth of land. She sells $101 worth of land. So do we say that it's a good sale, just pay back the dollar? Do you say, no, you deviated. The entire sale is void. So the Mishnah says, the entire sale is void. Okay? Similarly, even if she says, I'll pay back the dollar, it's bottle. Rav Shimon Ben Gamliel disagrees. He says, no, it's a good sale. She just has to return the dollar. As long as she didn't take too much land. What's too much land? Let's say she's worth a dollar. She's only worth $100 worth of land. She takes $100,000 worth of land. So according to Rav Shimon Ben it's still a good sale. She just has to return 99, whatever, 1,000, whatever, $99,900 worth of land. The only time it's not not void, it's not good, is if she took so much land that after the sale, the Yosimim don't have a full field left. As long as they have a full field left, it's a good sale. She just has to return the excess. What's a full field? Bastisha Kavan, nine Kavan of land. Ubegina of the garden, Chatzikav. A quarter of a calf. These are the measurements. So as long as she leaves that over after the sale, it's a good sale. She just has to return the excess. Okay. So we're saying according to the Tanakama, if she is owed $100 with a land, but she sells $101, the entire sale is void. What about the following case? She's owed $400 with a land. Yeah. She sells, but she takes the land and splits it into four quarters. 100 to one person, 100 to the second, 100 to the third, and then the fourth, she sells 101. So do we say that all of it is voided or just the last one? The halach is just the last one because the first three quarters of the sale to different people was 100% fine. Okay. So let's go, let's analyze the first two halachas of the mission. The first two cases, the, the case number two, we'll go to two and then number one. Case number two is, is actually very short. We won't do much longer. Case number two is she sells uh, $200 worth of, she's given, Shaksub is 200 she's given a $200 parcel of land, but she sells it for 100 what's the halacha? They don't have to give her any more money, because they could say, listen, we gave you the land, you messed up, that's your problem. So it kind of sounds like she's in control of the sales, but then in the first case, she's given a $100 parcel of land, and she sells it for 200 we say to her, you're done. We don't say that she made the extra hundred. We say we gave you you got two hundred dollars out of it. So it's interesting. It's like the first. It's like the first case. It's like in both cases we're sort of trying to figure out like who's in charge here. So the Gemara says in the case where she's given two hundred, but she sells it for a hundred. We say you're done because we say listen, you ruined it. So we're like sort of blaming her for the sale. But in the next, in the first case, what about the first case where she's given $100 worth of land that she sells it for $200? Why can't she say, I made money. You owe me another $100. I, I sold it for $200. I made some cash. So like the question is basically in, 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 in the case where you have, like I said, in the case of the diamonds, if I send money, if I send merchandise with a shliach to sell and he makes more money, who gets to keep it? So the Gemara says, Amr of Nachman, Amr of go on the next page. Kan Shana Rebbe, Rebbe said, you see from this Mishnah, Hakol Labal Hamois. That when it comes to sale, especially of land, if I send a Shliach to sell, uh, I'm, I'm just glad you, Mr. Hach just asked. Um, 
Uh, if we could learn now, so I'm just, I can't really learn right now. It's a Cholamite, I have my brain's not in it. So, um, meaning like this. So, so Rebbe said, you see from this sugya, especially when it comes to land, if I give you as a shliach to sell, and you make extra money, it goes to me. It doesn't go to you. So the, and that's why, hence in this case, when she's given a $100 parcel of land and, make, and sells it for $200, she doesn't get to keep the extra cash. It goes to the asylum. And if the asylum allow her to keep it, then that, that's them paying for the ksuva. She didn't like make money off the sale. It doesn't work like that. Kedetanya, now this concept of whether a salesman makes the extra money is actually a machloikas tanoim. The Brisa says, Haisifu Rabbi Yehuda's first opinion, I don't know how it works in business, uh, maybe you probably have to make an arrangement, but in the case of diamonds, if you give me a diamond to sell for 500 and I sell it for 1,000, I get to keep the extra 500? Yeah, of course. Really? No, okay, interesting. So that's the shita of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says the salesman gets the extra cash, meaning the guy gives it to him for a certain amount of money that he wants back. If whatever he makes above it is 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 is, is the shliach. That's Rabbi Yehuda shita. Rabbi Yossi disagrees. He says cholkin. He says they split it. Okay. Now the problem is we're looking for an opinion that says the entire thing goes to the owner. So Rabbi Yossi said he split it. I but Rabbi Yossi I'm a kolabalamois. Didn't Rabbi Yossi say that the entire thing goes to the owner? Uh, to the owner, not the salesman? So the answer is, so you have one case where Yossi says split it, one case where Yossi says it goes to the owner. The answer is, The answer is, it depends if it's something that has a clear market value. If it's something that has a clear market value, like potatoes, there's a clear market value for potatoes, so if you made more money, you split it. If it's something that has no market value, it goes to the original owner. That's Rav Yossi Shita. Land did not have a specific market value. It's not like they knew exactly. You had to evaluate each land was different. So therefore, if you made extra money, it goes to the original owner, and that's the author of our Mishnah. The Gemara continues, Amra Papa, what does Papa say? Hilchasa, Davish Yeshav Kitzvah, Chalkin, Davish Yeshav Kitzvah, Akol Abal Amaros. Mamash, what we said. There's a distinction between something that has a market value or not. Ma'ikamash Malon, what's the Chiddush? I already know the Shinu, the Shinu, Shinu Yehu. The answer is that the, the, the explanation of Rav Yossi Shita is a good explanation. Okay. Here's a new kasha. It's a very interesting kasha, especially in business. So, here's the kasha. The kasha is like this. I, I tell, um, yeah, this is a field. I'm trying to, this is 75,000 square arms. Okay. The kids are like this. I tell you, Hey, sell um, um, uh, an acre of land for me. You go and you sell five acres. Okay, so you, the guy definitely has to return the excess because you don't have the right to sell more than an acre. The question is, is the sale of the acre at least no. valid? If I tell you to do A and you do A and B, the question is, are you just completely going off script and you're not no longer my shliach? Or do you say, no, you're a shliach for A. You just did too much. Are you being moisif on what I said, or are you completely going off the books? So it's similar to our Mishnah. That's why in the bottom of the Amr, the Gemara wants to bring us why it's introduced yeah. here. The bottom of the Amr, the Gemara is going to introduce our Mishnah, and then it's going to take it a crazy steps, but since tomorrow's Amr, we'll do it tomorrow. So that's the Kasha. The Kasha is if a Shliach does more than the Mishaleach said, is he at least a Shliach for what he was told to do? They definitely have to return the excess. The question is, do they have to return the entire thing? So, 
Do we say that he's just adding to what I said? So at least the acre is a good sale. The rest has to be returned. Or perhaps he's going off script. And the entire sale is null and void. So let's bring a raya before we get to our Mishnahs. We'll do our Mishnahs tomorrow, but let's bring a raya. The halacha is that there's a concept called me'ila. Me'ila means that if you use hegdish property for personal use, you have to bring a carbon. Me'ila is also the one of the few, I think it's like five or six, as a sugi in Kedushin, one of the five or six averis in the Torah where there is shlichus. Meaning, normally, if I pay Adam, <laughs> I'm not going to pick you, if I tell someone to go kill somebody, and they kill that person, I'm not going to be tried for murder. Now, I could be tried for maybe accessory, whatever it is. But in halacha, you can say, well, I'm, I'm your messenger. No, no, no. you got to listen to God, not to me. Me'ila is one of the few mitzvahs or averis that there is shlichus. If I send you to do it, I actually get punished. Okay. And there's psukim, why? So here's the kasha. So the Gemara says, Tashima. Here's the proof. Amr balabai is l'shluchai. Okay, here's the case. I have three pieces of meat in front of me. They all happen to be hegdish. Okay? I tell the shliach, I tell Adam, hey, do me a favor. Menashe is a guest in my house. Give him a piece of meat. Now, the second you take that meat and hand it to him, that's me'ila. Okay? So you take, well, instead of you taking one piece of meat, you tell Menashe, take two pieces. Okay? And Menashe takes three. So I say take one, you tell him to take two, and he ends up taking three. Who's over me'ilo? The halach is kulon mol. All of them. I'm over me'ilo because when you took the one piece, I told you to take one piece, so when you took that one piece, I sent you, so I'm punished. But because you added and you said to take two, the second piece gets you unpunished, and Menashe ended up taking three, so he gets punished for the third. What do you see from here? You see from here, this is a case... Again, the shaila is, if I send the messenger to do A, but he does A and B, is he doing what I said plus, or is he completely off script? Over here, I told him to take one piece. He told you to take two. I'm getting punished. Why? Because he, 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 he did what I said. No, no, no. He did more than what I said. He did what I said of one piece, but then he added a piece. And what do you see? It still goes back to me. Now, if it's considered off-script legamri, then the second he went off-script, I shouldn't be punished. Right? If I tell you, hey, hey, do A, and you just do Z, I'm not going to be punished for that. So it must be that when I tell you to do A, and you do A and B, you're just doing what I said plus. Because if it was completely off-script, I wouldn't be punished. It wouldn't go back to me when it comes to me'ila. Right, if I tell you, hey, take an apple of Hegdish, and you go and you take a pear of Hegdish, I'm not going to be punished for that. You can say, well, I told you that. I told you apple. You took pear. It's not, it's not the same case. What do you mean? Why not? I'm telling a shliach to do A. That, that's, that, that's something different. Here, I gave him one piece. I took one piece. I also added a second piece. But, but, also, the Gemara is going to say you can't learn from Me'ila because... No, no, but, 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 but you understand the concept. The shayla no, is when a shliach does yeah, yeah. more than the shliach, is it off script or being moisif? So the Gemara just speaks at the Raya. I'll just see it inside. The Gemara says, yeah, If you say that he's doing what he said, just plus, okay, have Mishim Hachi Balabayas Mal. That's why, why, why me, the Balabayas, get, gets punished. But if you say that if you go off script at all, you're off script Lagamri, 
then then why am I being punished? The halacha is that if the shliach doesn't do what the balabayis said, the balabayis doesn't get punished. So this must be a proof that if you do, if I tell you you do A and you do A and B, you're considered what I do plus. So the Gemara says no. It could be over here. Uh, the case over here is we thought the case was I tell you hey give Menasha one piece of meat and you say Menasha take two pieces then Menasha took three that's not the case the case is where I say hey give Menasha one piece of meat you turn to Menasha and you say take two pieces one for him and one for me oh. so you clearly over there the reason why it goes back to me is because you did say what I said but you then said, I want to do more. If I told you to do A, and you just did A and B, then, then it's a Shiloh. But over here, I told you to do A, and you said, okay, do A for him, and then do B for me. In that case, because you clearly delineated, you're doing for the Malabayas, but I'm doing more, that's when it's Moisif. But in a case where you're just going off script, doing more, Ken Zion is considered completely going off script, and it does not go back to the Shliach. So in the case of the sales, where I tell you to sell, you know, one acre, and you sell five acres, it could be that's not considered a good sale at all, it's off script. Over here it's different, because I told you to sell one acre, and you said, hey, I'm selling one acre because he told me to, and now I'm selling four acres more because I want to, then I've got okay, so that's that's considered being myself, but in the case where you just don't delineate that, it could be maver. Tomorrow we'll continue with this, and we'll talk about how it affects our Mishnah as well. All right, we'll stop. Yeah, thank you very much. My pleasure.